yesterday's papers? Who wants yesterday's gun? Who wants yesterday's papers? Nobody in the world. Savvy Media presents Kicking It with Kara. On today's broadcast, we will be discussing the rise and fall of newspapers. Hey everyone, Kara coming at ya. As our world becomes increasingly digitalized, there are opportunities for us to create digital copies of events that previously only existed in print. To kick off the show, we are going to go over a few disturbing statistics in the world of print journalism today. Then we'll be hearing from Joseph Bellini, a journalist with the Wall Street Journal. We will also be discussing the digital age of newspapers. Before we wrap it up, feel free to jump on, give me a holler. I would love to hear from you. We're going to listen to a little clip from the PBS NewsHour regarding growing local news deserts endangering our democracy. Here we go. Last month, Pen America, a nonprofit organization for literature and freedom of expression, released a report detailing the loss of local news coverage in communities across the United States. The findings noted that as a result, Americans are not adequately informed and less likely to engage in political and civic life. I recently sat down with Victoria Ville, manager of special projects for free expression programs at Pen America, and one of the co-authors of the report. So, Victoria, lay out the local news problem for us. We spent the last year, my colleagues and I at PEN America, talking to dozens of journalists, elected officials, community activists, and media scholars, and we were hearing the same refrain over and over again. Local news outlets across the country are shrinking and shuddering at an alarming rate, and it is very bad news for our communities. If you look at some very powerful studies that have come out in the last few years, what they found is that if you look at just newspapers over the last 15 years, They've lost $35 billion in ad revenue and nearly 50%, nearly half of staff. Over 2,000 newspapers have shut down across the country, local newspapers, and over 1,000 more are ghost papers, so they're just shells of their former selves. They're producing very little original reporting. And the reason newspapers matter is because if you think of journalism as an ecosystem where you also have TV, radio, social media, all the places people get their information, Newspapers are still providing the bulk of original reporting at the local level. So when you lose them, you lose that watchdog function that is so important in our democracy. So if there isn't anybody watching the city council meetings and going to them, there's potential for abuse or fraud, is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And there's a growing body of very compelling and very frightening literature that shows that as local news declines, 
government corruption and government costs increase. Officials conduct themselves with less integrity and efficiency. We also know that local news drives civic engagement. So there are fewer people going out to vote, and they don't know exactly who's running for office or what that person's platform is because they don't have local sources that they trust to turn to for that information. So the consequences can be really dire. And as we enter an election cycle, that is rife with political polarization and disinformation. We need trusted local sources. It's staggering when you realize the lack of local papers leads to a lack of politi local political coverage. With this election being potentially world-changing, how can citizens not be aware of who their local politicians are? The lack of print coverage in the local papers affects the country as a whole. So let's start with some statistics. Did you know that the U.S. newspaper circulation fell in 2018 to its lowest level since the 1940s? Revenue dropped 4.3 percent from 2014 to 2019. So to give you a little idea how the newspaper industry is dropping from year to year, the total revenue reported in 2019 fell by $25 billion. Weekday print circulation is down between 8 and 9% from 2017 to 2018. That's 30.8% million units of newspapers. Newspaper revenue from print is expected to fall by 50% over the next five years. That means only two out of ten Americans are getting their newspapers from print anymore. There only 39% of senior citizens are getting their newspapers in print. Most people are using digitalized news now. The number of employees at newspapers has dropped from 71,000 in 2008 to only 38,000 in 2018. Now, the coronavirus has even accelerated that trend downward. In November of 2019, the two largest newspaper groups merged. Gatehouse acquired Gannett in a deal that was about $1.4 billion. Now, at the time of the merger, Gannett published over, over 100 newspapers, and one of those was USA Today. In February of 2020, McClatchy Company, which was the second largest newspaper group in the United States, they filed for bankruptcy. They are only going digital from now on. Now let me ask you, at this rate, how much longer can print media possibly last? But before we can try to figure that out, Let's hear from Wall Street Journal correspondent Joseph Bellini. He's going to give us a brief background on the newspaper. Read all about it. The paper boy pitching the headlines. Dad, after finishing his shift at the factory, coming home to the evening paper. In Russia... Images emblematic of a simpler time. By means of printing. Now, most evidence suggests that the traditional newspaper, a once cherished institution, is under siege. 
So what's next? To answer the question, let's take a look at a few watershed moments that got us to where we are now. In the 125 years since the Wall Street Journal first hit newsstands on July 8th, 1889, the way news is produced and consumed has been constantly evolving. What was the first big breakthrough for newspapers? From the early days of the Republic, newspapers and the free press helped define American democracy. But it wasn't until the 1860s that reading them became a ritual of the masses. That's when the wider use of the rotary press, capable of cranking out tens of thousands of copies per hour, made newspapers a sellable commodity on a larger scale. Most publishers used their ink, purchased by the barrel, to promote a point of view the kind of highly politicized reporting we today call biased. When the Wall Street Journal entered the fray, it was a four-page afternoon paper that sold for two cents. Its focus confined at the time to business and the latest happenings on Wall Street, staying off to the side as William Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer's New York papers went to war. Historians say the competition between them drew the country into an actual conflict with fabricated stories that goaded public sympathy for Cuban revolutionaries leading to the Spanish-American War. How did newspapers become less partisan? With World War I, readers hungered for timely, accurate information, and the more partisan newspapers began to close. Publishers realizing it made better financial sense to take the middle ground. Also around this time, a new technology dramatically helped to change journalistic standards. Serving the world's top newspapers with lightning fast reports geared to press deadline. By 1914, teletype machines gave reputable news sources the near instant ability to transmit their reports to newspapers around the country, offering a straight treatment of the news. By the 1920s, the journal, with its reputation for independent financial reporting, sold around 50,000 papers per day. Back then, it served a far more niche audience than it does now. Most of us read a paper every day. By World War II, Americans' news hunger was fed by radio and the U.S.'s 380 morning newspapers and 1,500 evening papers, with a total daily circulation of over 41 million copies. That came to almost one copy for every three Americans. The post-war boom fed the news industry's vast advertising revenue. Why do you read? Why do you read? Newspapers growing ever thicker with more news, classified ads, stock listings, comics, and coupons. And here's Father Now coming home from his daily work. They symbolized in popular culture America's newly affluent middle-class lifestyle. What knocked newspapers off their perch? The era of television. Competition in the living room began heating up. TV by the 1960s was becoming the go-to source for fast-breaking news. But Americans for a while maintained their reading habits. After growing rapidly in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, newspapers held on to their circulation numbers through the 70s and early 80s, their numbers peaking in 1984 at over 63 million subscribers. But then came the 90s. And as the internet spread, newspapers slid and slid. The numbers falling by 2011 to below where they were in 1945. And that brings us back to the original question. What's next for newspapers? Many experts predict that within one or two decades, the paper part of newspapers will die. But that doesn't necessarily mean the end of the institutions themselves. Digital technology is feeding us more news in more places than ever before. Today, for example, almost half of U.S. households own a tablet. And 43% of tablet owners report they're using the device to consume more news. Thanks, Joseph, for taking the time today to enlighten us on the history of newspapers. At the end of Joseph's talk, did you notice he mentioned digital media? Most would agree that the Internet does play a huge part in the decline of newspapers. In today's society, People can get their news as it's happening with the tap of a finger. 
Traditional papers are now competing with online publications such as BuzzFeed and the Huffington Post. Over the last 30 years, the way that Americans consume and share information has changed dramatically. People no longer have to wait for their morning, morning newspaper or for their evening news programs on TV. Instead, equipped with their smartphones or their iPads or even any other digital device, the average person spends hours each day online. All they need to do is scroll through, scroll through their social media feeds, such as Twitter or Facebook. One click, and any news article that interests them, they can find. Did you know that 37% of the United States adults say they prefer to get their news online? That means 23% who favor news websites or apps, and 15 prefer social media. So only 13% prefer newspapers. That is a drastic difference. 89% of Americans get at least some form of local news digitally. Over half use their mobile devices. Technology certainly is the wave of the future. 63 million adults access newspaper content on their smartphones or tablets. Because of these statistics, most mainstream, news, mainstream newspapers now have an online presence, such as the New York Times, the Washington Post, or even the Philadelphia Inquirer. These online presence for these newspapers have a much higher readership than their print papers. Print media is still relevant in underdeveloped parts of the world because they don't have the digital technology presence that the United States does. Now, I have a little something from John Oliver. Hilarious. So, in the words of the funny John Oliver, let's take a listen to what he has to say. Journalists, the heroes that we root for in movies like All the President's Men, The Great Muppet Caper, and most recently, Spotlight. We gotta nail these scumbags. We gotta show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. Now remember, Spotlight actually won Best Picture at the Oscars this year, meaning newspapers finally received the recognition that we normally reserve for subjects of such importance as the incredible bravery of real-life Hollywood filmmakers, the incredible bravery of fictional Hollywood filmmakers. One of, one of the things that made Spotlight so powerful is the knowledge that the newspaper industry today is in big trouble. Papers have been closing and downsizing for years, and that affects all of us. Even if you only get your news from Facebook, Google, Twitter, or Ariana Huffington's block quote junction and book excerpt clearinghouse, those places are often just repackaging the work of newspapers. And it is not just websites. Watch how often TV news ends up citing print sources. According to the Chicago Tribune. According to the Detroit Free Press. According to the San Francisco Chronicle. According to the Times-Picayune. The Boston Globe. The Orlando Sentinel. The Philadelphia Inquirer. The Pittsburgh Tribune Review. The Detroit News. And the Houston Chronicle reports. The Los Angeles Times reports. The Oklahoman reports. The Hartford Current reports. The Salt Lake Tribune reports. It's pretty obvious. Without newspapers around to cite, TV news would just be Wolf Blitzer endlessly batting a ball of yarn around. <laughs> And it is not just news outlets. Stupid shows like ours. He does have a point, though. Most broadcast 
broadcast TV programs or quoting newspapers, so I don't quite think they're on their way out yet. There are some pros to keeping newspapers around, after all. Newspapers carry the news of the world. Newspapers are the source of news for almost all of the countries in the world. They provide news about a country's economic situation, their sports teams, entertainment, and commerce. Through newspapers, we are able to tell what's happening in various industries around the world. Reading newspapers makes you well-informed. It enables you to take part in every discussion pertaining to the world's current events, and it increases your knowledge, which gives you a boost to your self-esteem. Who wouldn't want that? Newspapers also improve your language and your vocabulary. You will be able to build and improve on your language, and invest in re so invest in reading newspapers. Newspapers also create employment. The newspaper industry has created value employment to more people than most industries across, across the globe. However, there are also some negatives to this. They can't be updated nearly as frequently as digital media, so if something happens during the day, you're not going to hear about it until the next day with the print newspaper. There's also a cost to it, whereas if you get something online, for the most part it is free. Except if you're coming across, say, the Washington Post or the New York Times, they do cost you for a subscription to their online service. Most newspapers are awkward to carry around. You have to fold them up or they can be bulky. But keep in mind, we are in a digital age and the future of print newspapers is looking bleak. Technology is constantly growing, and we are a society growing with it. Remember, how we choose to see the consumer is entirely up to us. Print is not dead yet, but eventually with this digital revolution, most likely it will happen. But keep in mind, with the death, there will be a rebirth and it will have a brighter new beginning. Before I end today's program, though, I would like to say goodbye to a legendary actor, Sean Connery, who passed away at the age of 90. He was best known for his role as James Bond, but he was also in other great hits such as Indiana Jones, The Hunt for Red October, The Rock, and The Untouchables. He will be greatly missed. Rest in peace. Thanks again for joining me today as we discussed the rise and fall of newspapers. Hopefully you took something away from today's podcast. Thanks to Joseph Bellini for giving us a background on the history of print media. Thank you to John Oliver for always being as entertaining as ever. Let me know what you think about the future of newspapers, and please join me next week when, we talk, when the talk turns to the discussion of the future of the Internet. Yesterday's papers Nobody in the world